Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody man. We will supply for the denazification of the Let me put it to you. Just a conqueror. Yes, you If you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side. It is time to draw a line. I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Part of the ACAST Creator Network and also available on Patreon. Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast where each week I ask the question, what the fuck is going on? All these people on strike must accept that as the economy has gone haywire, those who cause the problem will have to cut back a bit. For example, a few weeks ago, the pound crashed after a crazy budget, so we had to find 50 billion quid to save it. And who caused that? The firefighters did, obviously. They made it collapse by spending all the country's money on solid gold ladders and insisting they could only hose down burning buildings with Prosecco. And then the postal workers insisted all their sacks were made by Gucci. Liz Trust begged them to stop, but they wouldn't listen. So it's only fair that they should take a pay cut. And before that, we lost £20 billion on a track and trace system that didn't work. And it's obvious who was to blame for that. Ambulance drivers. The system was in a lovely package, all working, in pretty wrapping paper with bunny rabbits on it, but the ambulance drivers mistook it for a man who'd had a heart attack. So they shoved it in the ambulance and the paramedics gave it CPR, pressing it so hard that they snapped all the wiring. So it's only right that they should have their pay cut so they can no longer enjoy luxuries such as somewhere to live. Now, Tory peer Michel Moan took £27 million from the government after lobbying for a contract for her husband's company, who then made a pile of useless equipment. And who calls that? The train drivers. They made her do it. She asked the driver of the 753 from Manchester to Leeds if he would divert the train to the Cayman Islands so she could visit some of her hedge funds, but he stubbornly refused, so she had to buy a personal yacht. And that's why she needed the extra cash. And teachers are the greediest of all. Instead of demanding more money, they should learn to live within their means, like the man who ran the country until recently. And then instead of wearing out their school's classrooms, they would spend two-thirds of their time on holiday, saving the country money. And we could fund education in a way that's far more reliable than the current method. Instead of relying on taxes, we find a teacher who knows a lord or the head of the BBC so they can ask them to loan out a couple of pens and a roll of toilet paper. This government has tried so hard 
to contribute to the economy. Nadim Zahawi went as far as having to pay a £1.3 million fine when he got caught not paying his tax. If everybody else was as selfless as this and fiddled their finances so much they had to pay a £1.3 million fine, the economy would back on its feet in a fortnight. So instead of going on strike, the nurses should all get fiddling so they all have to pay a fine like Nadim. But that's the trouble, isn't it? Just me, me, me with some people. Now, here's something else. Vladimir Putin has called Boris Johnson a liar. Now, this is like one of those complicated puzzles that drives you mad until four in the morning that the smart person in the pub says or something. You can imagine a philosophy lecturer saying, a man who always lies says that a man who never tells the truth has told a lie to what has actually happened. Now, we've got to start by remembering that Johnson just makes things up because he can't help it, even if he doesn't need to. He probably walks up to random strangers and says, I've got the, the biggest ostrich in the world. I own all the cotton buds in Vietnam. But this time, Johnson claims that Putin threatened him with a nuclear missile. Now, you can imagine Johnson coming back from a pub toilet and saying, guess who was in the cubicle, ipso facto, as it were, Putin, the old, uh, uh, the old rogue. He said I dribbled on his shoe, ah, so I gave him a left jab, and then he, he, he whipped out a medium-range uh, nuclear bomb from, uh, under his Cossack hat, which, uh, but luckily I got it off him and put him in a headlock. But it's also easy to think of Putin screaming to Johnson, give me Sussex or I blow up your bathroom that has just been decorated with expensive wallpaper. I don't know. I don't know the answer. It's just, it's too complicated. This week, it was revealed that Shell has made record profits of 32 billion pounds in 2022. Now, we were hoping to speak to the CEO of Shell, Wales Sawan, but he's out with lead poisoning. So instead, to give us his thoughts, here's deceased Yorkshire cricketer Fred Truman. Well, I mean, they talk about excessive profits and what have you. I don't call that excessive. I mean, in my day, we had proper excessive profits. We used to have pirates. I mean, they would come into your house with a cutlass, take your mangle and your grandfather clock and anything else they could lay their hands on and just make off with it. I mean, they, and then they'd sail up the River Dern and sell it on the high seas for a bag of doubloons. And I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. But you didn't complain. I mean, if you didn't say thank you, Sir, when they robbed you, I mean, they, they'd make you walk the plank. And I mean, it was a proper plank. It was 68 miles from Barnsley to Grimsby, nearest sea. And I mean, you had to walk it all way. I mean, not like these modern planks they have nowadays, six steps and you're in the sea or whatever. I mean, I, I don't go that a plank. And I mean, <laughs> and of course, before that, we had the Pharaohs. I mean, they knew how to make an excessive bob or two. <laughs> I mean, they would round up some slaves and force them to build a pyramid. I mean, I remember one match at Gloucester. Oh, they, they forced the fielders to build one at cover point. And I mean, you couldn't hit ball past it. I mean, if, if batsmen played a cover drive, uh, the ball would just roll up the pyramid and back down again. And if it hit your stumps, you were given out. And that was it. You couldn't complain. and just got on with it. I mean, but these days, uh, I give up. Now, as 
anybody knows if you've ever tried to, even just at an amateur level, find out what the fuck is going on, you need expert advice, especially in these days of levelling up and the North suddenly being all important and all that bollocks. So I am so delighted to have Mr. Manchester with me, someone who by rights should be ruling the city along with Andy Burnham. Justin Morehouse. Hello, good morning. I, I never had you down as a as a regionalist. I divided. <laughs> I had you down yeah. as a... I mean, I was listening last week and you was extolling the virtues of Liverpool and the Socialist oh, right, Republic. Yeah. And the, on my own yeah. podcast uh, the other week, I have actually started to lay claim to the independent region of Granada. So uh, oh, right. we, we cut out the lead district. We don't want them. And they're yeah. non-productive. <laughs> so we'll go down from, from South, South Lakes downwards. We've got the flesh pots of the filed coast, Blackpool and all that. Liverpool will cut into Chester. Nothing of North Wales. So you are you including Chester? Yeah, yeah, it's border town, isn't it? We need a border town. Oh right, right, okay. Well, all these places will be border towns, won't they? Because in your new republic, you know, like the lakes will be border lakes. There'll be people sort of um, people that want to escape will be swimming across the the thing and that yeah, trying to escape. T Bay will be an armed checkpoint. <laughs> T Bay services. Oh yeah, an armed checkpoint. <laughs> and if they do let you through, you get a fucking beautiful pie. But the, the other thing I want to say about TB is that people go on about it. Now, and it is nice, I'll, I'll admit that, but I always feel I get ripped off. I've got a camper van for touring, and the other oh, week right, I stayed yeah. at their sister's uh, their sister venue, Gloucester, parked up there. That's very nice. But I had an incident about six weeks ago. I came back from um, a gig, and my daughter, who's 17, had had the police round. And the police had come round because there'd been an incident in Scotland with my van and um eventually the policeman came around he said right what it was he says um so the alleg- an allegation of theft <laughs> so i've gone in cairn lodge which is the third member of the tv right. services family yeah i've gone in there i filled <laughs> the uh, the camper with 71 pounds 63 right i am seen <laughs> to go into this the building where i use the toilet for nine and a half minutes. Right. And then I leave yeah. without paying. Oh, my God. I just drive off. You so really I've got in, took the, took the fuel, had a crap on their premises, and then just <laughs> defiantly just fucked off and left a £116 diesel bill yeah. behind. And, wow. and I know exactly I did it. I, know, I was on my way to Lockerbie because I wanted to watch the Manchester Derby. And um, they... Um, they, they phoned up and I had to pay it, but it was such a weird thing. But I just like yeah, the idea that you I, I, Had you forgotten until that moment that the you, you heard that the yeah. cops were off you? Yeah, yeah, I just completely forgot. It just got out of my head. I just, I was distracted. I wanted to go and watch the match. I'd picked out where I was going to go. I was on my way from Edinburgh to Durham. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I thought, definitely, I'll go halfway, Lockerbie. I'll watch the match. I only watched the first half because it was that trounce we got. Man United got off yeah, City yeah. at the beginning of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was it, yeah. So um, but it happens all the time. But the police came round. Like, wow, what a thing. I wonder if I'll get them around one day because I I like stealing. I don't I, – I think I would like to campaign for it to be removed from the commandments. <clears throat> and they could be well, just have nine – or they could just, or you could add another one that's update, you know, that's a bit more, you know, yeah. that short. I don't know. But I know, well, I know, I know about you, Mark. In, yeah. 
I know about you, Mark, is that you are a champion of fairness, aren't you? You are. Oh, yeah. You are. You are the king. You are the king. Well, the democratically elected, not king, yeah, yeah. leader of equality, yeah? I have friends, and some of them might live in this house, who suggest, who suggest that the big supermarkets who have now made us scan our own shopping out yeah. deserve to have the odd thing. Oh, I miss oh, that. Without question. I think when you go down there and it's beep, 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 and when something just doesn't go and you give it two or three goes, Therefore, that, therefore. Means it's, that means you, it's free. It just does. Yeah. Anybody, who, anybody who pays, who insists on paying for the pork pies that don't go beep, it, it, not only are they an idiot, you are fucking, you're anti-democratic, you are yep. uh, you're, you're really Tony up to dead. Tesco's. <laughs> you should steal it. Please steal yeah. it. There should be sort of government announcements. If your if your item does not beep at the scanner, please, please steal it. Yeah. I, I think three yeah. beeps and you keep. <laughs> three like, beeps and like, you keep. Like click, click every time. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna go better than see it say it's sorted, isn't it? Three yeah, beeps yeah. and you three keep. Three beeps and you keep. Do you know the uh, most but, uh, oh, no, be- no, no, no beeps and you keep? Mm, no yeah. beeps and you keep. Do you know do you know the uh if it doesn't beep, it means you keep. But also in service stations, if you go up to the coffee machine and make a little coffee, and that's all complicated, you have to get a ticket out of the coffee machine and then go to the till and stuff. You just have that away, can't you? Yeah, yeah. And you can certainly have a have a have a, have a, um, a big cup and say it's a small cup, surely. Oh, Christ, yeah. If you're the sort of person who goes, no, 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 I insist on paying for the big cup amount. One of the best things I saw at a service station, I saw a man uh, walk into Marks and Spencer's late on, pick up a lasagna, which was which was um, kind of, what do you call it, uh, reduced, had a sticker on it, yeah. get it, pick a wooden fork up, pop it, <laughs> walk to the baby milk warming microwave, <laughs> use it, and just sat there and ate it. That's genius, isn't it? <laughs> That's how you know. That's how you know that things are going to be all right. Yeah, ingenuity is right and brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I think um, we, we should encourage theft. So, how's it, how is it up in Manchester then? Is it different uh, now? Been... Is it different since you've been levelling up? Is it different? Is it full of media types now, Salford and that? All the, since the BBC well, is it? The sort of BBC thing is, but I mean, it's always been. Um, there's always been that sort of creativity and that kind of broadcasting sort of thing. And Manchester's always felt apart anyway. But there are more uh, annoying uh, people living here now. <laughs> you know, there's the BBC effect. Where, where I live, which is it's a reasonably nice you know, sort of area, it's the kind of place where they come up and they say to you, they go, you know, you're struggling to pay for your house and everything else going on. They go, we can't believe it. We sold our shit all in Streatham. You know, we sold it, and we we bought the we bought your town, and you're like, welcome to the yeah. neighbourhood. Yeah. yeah, but it's no evidence yeah. of. Uh, I like absolutely. Andy it's amazing. We had a we had a two bedroom flat in uh, in Peckham. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We sold that, and what we didn't realise was only after we bought it that one of the Pennines actually belongs to us now. <laughs> yes, we didn't know which valley to to conquer, so we decided <laughs> to buy the city centre. So there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of property being bought 
speculatively as well. So all these tower right. blocks I got up in the city, they're awful. They're really awful. This is not the future. And I'm I'm a big advocate for for, for sort of regional pride and everything else. But Manchester's got to be a little bit careful because it's getting a bit, dare I say it, scouse. You know, it's getting oh, a bit. Like, I wasn't expecting that. You know, this kind of, um, you know, this thing of the Manchester bands and they're all referring to the sort of, oh, it's a bit like Oasis. But I like new stuff. Do you know what I mean? Let's not, let's yeah, not, yeah, you know, yeah. be. Let's not do that. But there's lots of good things going on. There's a lot of civic pride. I, I think that's the thing about Manchester. There is a, an element of civic pride and kind of maybe some of it's misplaced, but who cares? You know what I mean? It's, it's good. Yeah, and, yeah, and, no, and, I love all that, obviously. I mean, that's my, my life is going around to places that are peculiarly proud of their strange town. <laughs> yes. But it's, um, but it's good to live. I mean, it's, it's two hours away from, the, from London. I don't need to live in London. I'm very lucky that I... I could have managed to have my career and 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 not have that sort of awful tough experience that some people have got to got of living in London and living in living in London without money is is very hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Living in a yeah, yeah. And then it's like eight hundred pounds a month to live, and then you think, oh, what if you're flat? No, that's like yeah. one room. That's one one room exactly. in a flat. Fuck all that. There is um, this, when you said about all these scouts. There is uh, someone I know who was from uh, Liverpool. Told us this story. Have we done this on here before? And I just think this is the most scouse story. He said so. It was a bloke from Liverpool himself, and he said there was a bloke who came round to the pub he was in every week and he used to sit at the table big holdall that they couldn't be like a, like a cliched scouter with a big holdall open it up and uh, just say to all the all the blokes in the pub you go right i'll tell you what hey mate here you go have a look at these fucking shoes right they're fucking i'll tell you what you won't get better shoes than these bad shoes fucking beautiful look at that I tell you what, they're fucking freshest fuck these, right? He said, he said, he'd go, I tell you what, take these on for your bed, right? She'll do anything you fucking like, I promise you. And he said he was at our table and he looked right in the eye of this one bloke and went, mate, I fucking promise you, right? Take these on for your bed, she'll do anything you want. And the bloke went, I haven't got a bird. And he went, I'm not surprised, you ugly cunt. <laughs> 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 the man who hasn't quite lost the technique. <laughs> anyway, that's Liverpool. You wouldn't get that's very difficult. You wouldn't that wouldn't happen in Manchester. It'd be much more. I, I think. Well, there's, there's that element, and we used to where the pub we used to go. There's the bloke who would sell shoes, uh, and he, he, you know, but he was a bit of an hard nut, and you'd have to have whatever he gave you. Right. All so, right. You sort of give him this guy. Oh, I want some feelers, size eight, and he bring. You know, they're, they're not feelers, but they're size eight. So you're having them. And my mate's like, okay, it's 30 quid. All right. <laughs> so, there's, yeah, there's all, all that goes on. My mate was where the... I, um, where I was brought up, I think that what would happen in the pub I went in is that they would come round, nick your left shoe, and then five minutes later try to sell it back to you. Yeah. That's <laughs> for a pound. My, that, my, uh, there's a, there's a, I did some work for the Prince's Trust, you know, the... Um, the King's Charity, Prince's Trust, I mean, whatever your thoughts are on republicanism, um, they're good people who run that charity. And yeah, um, yeah. I did some work with uh, young offenders to um, do some stand-up, you know, to teach them confidence. Oh, because right, 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 right. That's what car thieves need, self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what they're lacking. 
and this kid gets up, and it's just the best, the best opening line I've ever heard from a from say. And he was a, a Salford kid. He was like, I, I, oh. and he goes, and they all have long hair now, you know, Scallies. They, they they call right. them cat wigs, don't they? They have like right, long yeah, yeah. long hair. They, <laughs> they look like Renaissance poets, you know. They they're gonna stab you then then give you a sonnet. And he he opened his opening line was brilliant. He goes, nice to be here at the Prince's Trust. Nice to know there is one you can. <laughs> oh, that's class. Justin Morris, you're on tour, aren't you, at the moment? Where are you going to? Yeah, come and see me, justinmorris.com. I mean, uh, I've got a big weekend this weekend. I'm in Tunbridge Wells in Kent on Friday. Oh. Barnsley on Saturday. Look at that routine. And yeah. then my big show is the, uh, the Lowry on Sunday. Uh, almost sold out the big room. I'm chuffed with that one. And then it continues till June, here, there and everywhere. Brilliant. All right, go and see Mr. Justin Boyers. And, of course, you can watch him in many, many things he's been on, not least of which in a film, in a Ken Loach film with Eric Cantona. Not many of us can say that. Yes. I don't, I'm on Countdown this week as well. I'm in Dictionary Corner, so. Are you? Yes. Oh, God, that's, see, that, I, that is so exciting to me. Have you not done that? Thing. No. You should do that. Get they're in worried there. I'd go. Oh, they're worried I'd just make up a filthy they word. They wouldn't. They'd, they'd you'd love it, mate. It's the best working day of my life. Can't that to me is like the height. I remember yes. one saying to my mum about 25 years ago that I'd, you know, all these people, I'd done something and there'd been Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson and people like that there. And she went, oh, and she didn't know it. And then I said, oh, and I met the bloke who played Benny from Crossroads. And she went, oh, oh, you what? <laughs> And that was the most exciting. I think I'm a bit like that with you. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Larry, we've all done that. Count, yeah. cunt. Wow. Get in there, mate. Get in there. Build or book you. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mr. Justin Moore. Cheers. As you know, we love to hear all sorts of views on this podcast. So here, once again, is the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right, who have we got with us next? Uh, This is Tommy Weston. He works for a charity. Well, we'll see about that. Everything's a charity these days. Tell us about your charity, Tommy. Oh, hello, Mike. Well, it's a wonderful charity set up last summer. It's to help people in the Manchester area. You've got trouble finding work, so... We teach them skills to help them write applications, make themselves presentable in interviews, you know. Presentable? <laughs> so I'm paying taxes so they can spend all day learning how to iron a shirt instead of getting a job, is that it? And I think you've misunderstood, Mike. This is how to help them get a job. Instead of swanning about all day enjoying themselves on your course, why don't they go and get a job? Too much effort, I suppose. No, Mike, they are making an effort. That's what the scheme's for. It's so they can get a job. And how much am I forking out so these layabouts can spend all day enjoying themselves learning how to write instead of doing a day's work? No, mate, they're not just writing. They're not writing poems and love letters. They're learning how to write to get a job. And they're doing that instead of working for a living. They want to work for a living. That's why they come to us. Yes, and I'm paying for it. This is all part of handing our money to Manchester because you're still upset that your shipyard's shut down, isn't it? We didn't have shipyards in Manchester, Mike, but I think you're missing the point. In any case, this is funded by local businesses. I bet I know where you're swiping this money from. It's the European Union, isn't it? 
You're all on that gravy train, you lot. Well, Mike, I think you'll find we're no longer in the European Union. Yes, we are. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder I couldn't get a plumber for six weeks. Here's Julia Hartley Brewer with today's tip for getting mustard stains out of your carpet. Thank you so much to all those of you who are supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you and your noble efforts that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant people for as little as £2 a month, just follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com, www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. Or to really know from the inside what's what the fuck is going on for just four pounds a month you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode is there anything ad-free your dreams aren't ad-free these days but this will be and there will be extended interviews and bonus sketches and you'll get discounts on live shows more details of which are coming up very very shortly you'll also get the episodes on friday nights unlike everybody else who has to wait suddenly forlornly miserably full of despair until Saturday morning. So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community. Now, it is the most glorious moment of the week, the announcements. We all love an announcement because it's Britain. We can't go. We we don't enjoy going around B&Qs unless there's an announcement every 25 seconds about a discounted raw plug or about, a I don't know, a pair of scissors that you can get. This week in B&Q, nine scissors for the price of eight, that sort of thing. So... But we can trump that because this is a proper announcement. (sighs) There is another live show coming up. It's at Leicester Square Theatre on Sunday, March the 19th. A proper announcement. Uh, This this trumps any any other, uh, other announcements that might come between now and then, such as Putin's launch of nuclear strike. Ah, he may well have done. But not to worry, because as long as Leicester Square is somehow outside of the field of radiation, which I know is unlikely, uh, then this will go ahead. Sunday, March the 19th. Tickets will be on sale very, 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 very soon, probably over the next day or so, if they're not already on sale. And if you just go onto the Leicester Square Theatre website, uh, we'll put the links on Twitter. There'll be discounts for Patreon supporters. So uh, Sunday, March the 19th at the Leicester Square Theatre. I'm going to see Damien Dempsey, the um, uh, the Irishman, on the 18th. So uh, I will have to stay in a state. That means that I will be uh, able to perform my duties. So... Also, I'm going on. A, I'm on a tour that starts as I'm sitting here now. The tour starts well. It's pretty much started tonight, really. Uh, and oh, do you know what? I'm going to read out some dates of people because I don't know where we have our uh, lovely people listening. Uh, so there's or where are, Stratford, but even 17th of February, Stafford. 16th of February, don't go to the wrong... I know I've said them the wrong way around. Don't go to the wrong one and go, oh, Mark Steele's different. It's now um, a hip-hop dance company that he seems to run because you've gone on the wrong night. Although that would probably be quite fun, wouldn't it? Uh, Then... uh, Where else? Bridport, the Electric Palace, place with the famous hat shop, 23rd of March. Uh, At Paynton, 25th of March. Paynton is the new Kettering. Struggling to sell tickets there. Don't know what's the matter with you, bloody Devon. Uh... 
Bristol. Oh, I've just added a second. Uh, uh, some weeks ago, Jenny Eclair on this programme said that she liked the idea of doing matinees. So because the first show sold out on the 26th of March, I'm now doing a matinee as well. That's my, that's people really, really old, usually, isn't it, with matinees? Uh, oh, it's marvellous. because Or it'll be Bristol. No, because it's matinees all done, and then I'm I'm able to get back for half past half past six, and I, which is a little bit late than I normally go to bed, but, you know, I can make the exception for Mark. Uh, then Dundee on the 28th of March, Glasgow on the 29th of March, and uh, yeah, the other ones, no tickets left for you. And then the first, and then yeah, Wales after that. Yeah, Wales is all pretty much the same place, isn't it? So uh, that's what I've been. Also, lots of people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account as well as on Twitter. Wanted to know what the fuck is going on with certain specific questions. For example, Sam on Twitter at Samuel J Crab eighty, a marvelous name that ought to mean you very very. Shortly, you will become a Hollywood star. What the fuck is going on with people celebrating the anniversary of Brexit? It makes me feel very queasy, says Sam. It's like celebrating your football team getting relegated. And you're quite right, Sam. It is <laughs> It is like that. They are, it, and I, I wouldn't... I think it would be quite an English thing if we did have that. In certain places, if there were people, there were balloons and people giving each other presents and wee and present pop, pop, or then party poppers. What are you celebrate? It's three years ago since we were relegated and we campaigned for relegation. And some people said that when we were relegated to the, the third division, that that would be bad for our club. And we said, no, because at last, once we're out of the top two divisions, we will be free to play against teams in Australia and Indonesia. And all right, we haven't quite worked that out now. So we have since gone into administration and we're now playing in a park, which we're sharing with dog walkers. Uh, but we can, and it will, the sunny uplands of relegation will happen any day soon. Very astute, Sam. Uh, Aidan Garth on Twitter asked, what the fuck is going on with this? And links to an article from Kent Online. Right. Quotes this, shocking picture shows sewage overflowing into Dane Road, Margate. Residents were left horrified as stinking sewage poured from a blocked drain and onto a path. Southern Water says the overflow was most likely a result of people sticking unflushable items down the toilet. It wasn't, was it, Southern Water? You've got form on this, Southern Water. What's happened is clear what's happened. You pump out the sewage into the sea. You've now filled the sea and there's no sea left that isn't full of sewage. Sewage. So you've you've thought well. I mean, I suppose the next uh, the next thing is we've better uh, we better start chucking it into the streets. And um, so Dane Road today, the rest of Margate tomorrow. It's going to be like one of them horror films, a bit like the start of The Last of Us, isn't it? Where some people are just vaguely noticing what's going on. There's an item on the news about sewage in Dane Road Market. Well, that's nothing to do with us. I'm busy. And in a couple of weeks, the sewage will be marching up the streets. It'll be marching up from Margate to Ramsgate. Then Next, it'll be in Canterbury. The Archbishop will they'll, they'll just be static when he tries to make... You'll just hear a little thing from the Archbishop. I, as a man of God, I implore you all to pray for our souls as the sewage from Southern God rest us all. 
and then it's just going to take over and Southern Water will end up being fined £25 for wiping out humanity. That's what the fuck's going on. Andy Sampson, one of our Patreon supporters, says, Hi, Mark, I think you need to take a trip back to Bungie to find out what the fuck has been going on since you left. Now, Bungie is a place I did an in-town show in uh, about... 10 years ago, I think. Beautiful little town in Suffolk. And it's just sort of on the border with Norfolk. And, uh, well, this is what Andy informs us. Uh, (laughs) The Daily Mail said, an article in the Daily Mail, what has turned this sleepy Suffolk town into the satanic capital of Britain? The latest census reveals that Bungie population... 8,500, has more devil worshippers than anywhere else in the UK. Recently released official figures show that around 1 in 120 of the local population answered Satanism when asked about their religion, 100 times the national average. Now, one thing here, right, I wouldn't worry too much. I very much doubt whether Bungie, as 1% of, almost 1% of the population of Bungie is going, oh, no, I'm glad that I got the, I finished on the farm because I can get up to the devil worshiping meeting because we're summoning we're summoning up evil spirits tonight. We've no, I no, I I know I've brought the frog. I know it's my turn to bring the frog, and we've sacrificed it. And now let's hope that Beelzebub, because last couple of weeks Beelzebub hasn't appeared. So I tell you what, sometimes Satanism can be a rum old do, and no mistake, no carrying arm. I doubt if that's what's happening in in Bungie, but what I think, if I can hazard a guess, one thing I remember from Bungie is there was a printer's there called Clay Publishing or something, and it's where the Harry Potter books were printed. (laughs) And there was a, a police investigation that I don't think took long because just as a Harry Potter book was about to come out, there were hundreds and hundreds of people from Bungie who'd had a bet quite substantial amount on what would happen to certain characters in the next Harry Potter novel. And of course they knew because they'd been printing the bloody thing. <laughs> and then the, of course, you know, the, the, all the bookies went, we're not paying out to these hundreds and hundreds of people in Bungie who have placed a bet on what might happen in a novel that they've been working in the printers to print. <laughs> they didn't even, I mean, you'd think if it was a proper operation they'd have gone i tell you what so it don't look suspicious we'll go all the way to beckles and place the bet there but no they hadn't done that so i think this is people having a laugh i hope so because otherwise who knows i mean the the, but maybe maybe they have got sufficient people to worship the devil and the devil has gone I will spread my evil across the east of England, starting with Kent. Sewage be across Day Road in Margate. Maybe that's the start of it. Now, as anybody knows who has ever tried the noble quest of discovering what the fuck is going on, will testify. You need the voice of the youth. Now, we don't have the voice of the youth, but we do have someone who I bred for that purpose 27 years ago, getting on for. Elliot Steele. Hello. How are you this I'm week? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, oh, you know I'm all right, because I'm um, just downstairs. So it, this is all an illusion. 
this is this is a bit like the modern version of uni- university challenge where they used to pretend that the one team was above the other one and most probably 98% of my generation thought that one team was actually suspended above the other one I thought and that then, as well oh, like, did you yeah, when I, yeah. <laughs> not, not, I, knew, I know they're not but like I used to think that as well <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know why they did it like that no other yeah, they don't do that with anything else, do they? <clears throat> Any other program where they do? <laughs> they don't no. do that with the football. They don't have like one one half suspended above the other, so that <laughs> majority of the population goes to the football for the first time and goes, "Oh, oh, I thought I thought half the pitch was above the other half." <laughs> yeah, I thought they played in a different dimension. That was suspended. Oh, that's interesting. I don't do that. The magic of telly, though. Yeah, yeah, the magic of telly. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about. <clears throat> the magic of telly. Is it finished? You don't watch the, the telly much, do you, when it's the telly? When, how often yeah. do you watch the actual telly if it's not sport? Well, I watch, like, shows and stuff, but I sort of download them. I guess I watch them on TV, but I don't sit there and wait for them to come out and watch them as they're happening. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. You don't the, the idea of like, oh, that's on the telly. Oh, it comes on every Tuesday. That's gone now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I find it sort of. Um, I don't know how you do. Sort of, I hear sort of younger comics sometimes. And certainly when I was when I was in back when oh when I was your age, then there'd be all sorts of um, tensions about who was who got on the, one of the few programs there were and stuff. And I you know, I remember, for example, Saturday Night Live <clears throat> in the eighties. Julian Clary had been on it the week before, and I think it was one of the first times he'd been on the the television. Handy, because I can do an impression. And who does your hair? Is it the council? So... (laughs) He was. He'd been on there the week before, and then I was doing a gig with him, saying in Portsmouth or something. And the people who ran the gig said, "Oh, is it all right if Julian goes on last? Because everyone's come to see him." And I thought, "What?" And the place was mobbed. And as soon as he came out, this was one week after he'd been on the telly. The place went nuts. He had Fanny the Wonder Dog with him. I mean, he was brilliant, Julian. And he, you know, good luck to him. But it was that was. I thought that was amazing. I'd never seen that. Now, now, could, would could that happen now? Could someone be on the telly? And cause that is it? Do enough people watch it? Yeah, well, like Joe Life sits on the telly a lot, and he come through. You know, he's he, he, there is still that route, I guess, and he's really good. Um, but uh, you know, Mo Gilligan, but Mo was more online. Mo sort of, you know, I knew yeah. Mo a little bit, and Mo blew up online. Um, but no, I I think the problem TV has is. There was a golden era of something like Mock the Week where with Frankie Boy and Russell Howard, where it was a really good combination. And uh, it, w- it was it was amazing television, but it can't compete with the likes of podcasting, because why do you want to watch a comedian talk over each other as they try to get their jokes out in a half hour format when they can do a podcast with each other and be in more depth and not be censored? And you know, and you know, they've got creative control. I was listening to your podcast the other day, yeah. and I thought that was uh, so well. Tell the good listeners oh, yeah, of the podcast. We, me, Michael was doing a very funny bit about twenty-five percent of the audience of House of Games are firemen who've broken in to rescue the dead bodies 
of the uh, to, to retrieve a dead body, <laughs> and that's twenty five percent of the audience. But our generation, <laughs> I'm just that's such a because I asked the games to me said like quite a young thing, but now you're probably right. Yeah, it's, well, the, all the all the the bottles the bottles have all lined up yeah, and they haven't yeah. taken any in out because <laughs> they still have a milkman. Yeah, they, there's a. You know, so there's this thing with my generation where I think sort of panel shows and that old style, old style of media is not, you know, it's not consumed as much. When you look at like massive comics like Andrew Schultz and people like that who are a bit more DIY and, and myself sort of emu- trying to, em- I'm not saying I'm like him, but trying to emulate that sort of thing. I think that's a better thing to do than necessarily just go on all the panel shows because I think comics do this thing now. Just because you're on TV doesn't mean people really want to come see you. No, they don't know. Here, I wonder if like, them old programs that used to be on when I was a kid. I wonder how they'd have got on in the day in, with with the modern demands. Like if if Double Your Money had been on <laughs> online. So, what's the premise of Double Your Money? Double Your Money. I think you got so Huey Green. Huey Green was from Canada, and he was deeply sinister. And he would say, "It's great to have you with us." This week on Double Your Money, the greatest quiz show with the most prize money that you will see anywhere on British television. And he would sort of, uh, and he, but he was very, very sinister about right. the way he said it. And he eventually yeah. went, he eventually went completely round the bend and ended up because it was live. He did a thing called um, Opportunity Knocks. Dad, you've been speaking for two minutes, and I'm no closer to knowing what Double Your Money is. <laughs> what, what is Double Your Money? Stop, stop telling me about this man. I don't know. What is Double Your Money? Right, you answered a question, and each one was worth double the previous okay. one. Right, so there's a there's a trend <laughs> like that on TikTok where they go up to people and go, "Do you want to take this, or I'll pass, the, or I'll double it and pass it on to the next person?" And they'll do it with like maybe Lucasades or vodka or, uh, or sometimes right. even cash. So sometimes someone will start with five quid and go, "Should I do you want this, or should I double it for the next person?" And oh. then you know, and and that that's like a trend on on TikTok. So there is that. There is the same old style formats, but they're just slightly revamped. It's not it's not like these things are groundbreaking. It's not like the stuff that's happening now is way better than what was happening back then. It's just done in a newer facet. You know, it's like how every generation, every ten years there's a Batman film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's Batman, it's not a new concept. It's just like every every ten years there's gotta be a new darker Batman film. Right, yes, I suppose so. I like the idea that that double your money keeps coming back in a different format every ten years. <laughs> there was another one. Oh, there was one called Take Your Pick, and it was a bloke called Michael Miles, who was like a regional bank manager. And it started when he would get these people. Uh, he would get these these people come out of the audience, and uh, and uh, uh, and they would all sort of be like, "Hello, and the next contestant, please." And he and then uh, he said, "Right, well, and what is your name, love?" And sort of put a, put a rather peculiar arm around her. Uh, oh, I'm Maureen, and I'm from Huddersfield. Oh, lovely, Huddersfield, lovely. And then they had to speak for one minute without saying yes or no. And he'd and so he'd go, your time starts now. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready, Michael. And then this gong would go, gong, and she'd go, oh, I've, oh, you've caught me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that, was, that was a TV show. Yeah, 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 that was a TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that happens now on, like, on, on your TikTok or on Instagram reels. And that's because, because it's the same. The thing is, 
It's the- oh, sorry, I've got to. I've got to tell you this. This is one more thing. That this is the this is the sad denouement of that. So, in about nineteen eighty three. 15 years after the programme had finished, I'd say, uh, I guess, Michael Miles died. Michael Miles was the presenter. And for about 15 years, people would say to you, did you know Michael Miles is dead? And you go, oh, yeah. And you go, they go, gong. (laughs) (laughs) That's Britain for you. (laughs) I can't think of anything more British than that. I think we should do an online take your pick. I wonder if it would be like you'd end up doing the O2 Arena and the SCN in Glasgow and that. 100%. If you went onto the street, just do it on the street. You had a microphone on the street and went to people, all right, you've got to say, you've got to speak for a minute without saying yes or no. It would would do well with TikTok. And then loads of people would start copying you. I promise you that would happen. Let's do it. Never mind what the fuck is going on. Don't say fucking yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it, and if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, then spend hours slaving over writing the review and get it checked. Write it in seven or eight different languages. If there is anything at all that you think should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTF is going on pod at WTF is going on pod. And we will look at every message that you send. If you would like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions for as little as £2 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on was hosted by me mark steele with my guests justin morehouse and elliot steele voices by sarah alexander and justin morehouse it was written by mark steele and pete sinclair the music was by willie dowling it was produced by mike benwell what the fuck is going on was brought to you by wtf productions 